Dun dun dun. All right. Ashley Barker and Dolores Fawson's book, The Last Radio, chapter 23. Uh oh. And I decided this would have been a good idea for her to yell that I need you out to Carly. He heard and saw the reaction of the onlookers, or rather, Lucian heard their silence, but there was only one reaction that he was turned into, tuned into right now, and that was Carly. He saw her mouth move, but since she was all the way on the other side of the arena, he couldn't hear what she said. Hell, his stomach was starting in one big knot, and he had to know if he just poured out his heart only to have it stomped on, which was a strong possibility since Carly had been the one ten things. I need you, somebody else? That's the best you can do? No, it wasn't, but folks here wouldn't understand that those three words were the ones hardest for him to say to anyone. Y'all meet in the arena. Someone else called out the rumble of agreement, rifled through the crowd. Yeah, they liked that. Carly and him were displaying most of those rifled rumbles. Probably wanted him to get what they felt was coming to him. In other words, they wanted to witness Carly reject him. If that was indeed what was going to happen, it soon get around anyway, so that's why Lucian stepped down into the arena. However, he had that with plans to go to Carly and take her someplace private so they could vote. Meet him in the middle, several folks said. They moved up from rippling to chanting now, and they ain't no chance at Carly. Carly glanced around, the kind of glance a cute bunny would make when surrounded by coyotes, but she must have figured out the folks wouldn't actually be able to hear what they were saying because she went through the gate and into the arena. Lucian had never seen anybody take such hesitant steps toward him, which told him plenty. He'd waited too late to figure out his feelings for it. He let her slip away, and that did indeed make him a dickhead, a very sad one. Since Carly was wearing heels, it took her some snail-crawling moments to get to him. He considered just letting her talk, letting her give him a piece of her mind, but he was feeling desperate, so he pulled out the round paper bag, stuffed inside his shirt, had to file well on the ride. It was crushed, but he handed it to her anyways. Most women would have probably been disappointed, or at least confused by the offering. But her eyes had low on from games he has to join. He thought it would help. She opened it carefully, almost revertly, but this wasn't a revert look when she saw what was inside. Carly took it out, examining the sandwich. He glanced at the one still in the back. That one's mine. He exclaimed with her nose wrinkled, her forehead bunched up, and plenty of confused dancing over her face. She lifted the bread as if she expected to find gold, or rather, a snake bite. She smiled when she saw one. Peanut butter, your favorite. Evan and Carly were the only two people who knew that. He was worried about my protein intake, Lucian said, but there was no need to make a joke of it. No need to explain when his life had been going to hell the nearest had handbasket. Abe had been the only one to make sure he got something he loved. And now Abe had done that for Carly, but more or less, since it wasn't actually Carly's favorite, it was more symbolic. So now you know all my deep dark secrets. He said he'd just thrown the gauntlets to give her a chance for the air cleaning he thought she needed, and while she was at it, she wanted to spill some secrets. That was good too. I've had a crush on you since fourth grade. She blurted out. She frowned and put the sandwich back in the bag with this. All right, second grade. And no, I didn't know what crush actually was, but I did know that when he walked into the room that I forgot how to breathe. She paused for Right now, I'm forgetting how to breathe, too. Lucian wasn't sure that was good or not. And he took hold of her arms just in case. She fainted from lack of oxygen. He hadn't known about the crush. It was probably the lighting up thing he missed for so long, but he thought maybe saw a glimmer of that light now. Or maybe that was the glare of the arena lights. Speak up, someone yelled. He realized it was his mother. Later, he'd give her a scowl for that. But he didn't want to support that particular facial expression now because Carly might think it was for her. Bubby, let go of Sissy's hair.
I want you to repeat what you said. I want you to repeat what you said. She whispered just to make sure I heard it right. Oh, well, this was easy. I think Lucian wouldn't mind if she asked the other couple times. I need you. She smiled just a little and got onto the front of his shirt, pulling down to her quick peck on the lips. That's the best you can do, Robo shouted. Are you sure you're a real Granger? Lucian would owe him a smile, too. But for now, he apparently needed to prove that he could do a whole lot better. He snapped Carly to him and kissed her the right way. Long, deep, and hard. They got mixed reactions from the crowd. He got some whoops of approval, several get a room yells, but somehow his mother's voice made him laugh above the others. I need you? Rashida shouted like a challenge. Roman's right. Can't you do better than that? Lucian helped. No way. He won up the yelling match to explain that there was nothing better than that. But judging from Carly's smile, she got it, and she was the only one who mattered. Well... I need you too, she said. The relief came, man. Did it relieve the size of Niagara Falls? And the kitty really followed. He smiled and he kissed the living daylights out of her. Carly didn't get to say on the receiving end of these things. Though she kissed him right back. A raging hard on would have followed that if Lucian hadn't remembered where they were. And he knew it was time to do something about this public display of mutual. Get a room, someone shouted. I think he's got right idea. I can have you out of the jeans in no time flat, and I don't need an instruction from this crowd on how to do it. It was after, it was only after he finished saying every single word that Lucian realized it was a lot louder than it should have been. That's when he remembered the microphone that he stuck in his pocket. First time in at least a decade, the blasted thing apparently decided to start working with perfect clarity. Some of the women in the crowd were fanning themselves, men were nudging some of those and women's Women, some had covered their children's ears, all signs that he needed to get the hell out of there. Since he already made a speculative of himself, Lucian decided to give Wrangler's Week something else to talk about for years to come. Dropping the sandwich bag, he scooped up Carly in his arms, started walking to the exit. Not only gave him a chance to kiss her again, but it got them to the gate a whole heck of a lot faster than it would have been would have with her in those hills. Moving a whole lot faster soon became a necessity, though, because the silver rodeo buckle that he tucked in his jeans was now squishing between Carly and him, and it was gouging into his hip. Maybe he wouldn't need stitches, because not to bleed, best not to bleed all over Carly when he had so many things to tell her and do to her. Of course, like that kid, she'd been doing some things to him, too. There's a swarm of cowboys on the other side of the gate, some who would finish their competition, others waiting for theirs. Carly and he had to endure a few cat calls, winks, and wolf whistles before Lucian ducked into the first place. And then the potential to give them some privacy. The tack room was better than continuing the trek through the entire fairgrounds into the parking lot. Lucian threw open the door and found Roman's teenage son Tate making out with his girlfriend, Arwen. <laughs> Arwen. They were naked, but they were clearly some third base up on Leave and I'll give you a kidney if there ever becomes necessary. Lucian bargained with the teens because, yes, this time with Carly was that important to him. <laughs> Arwen and Tate made a few adjustments to their clothes and scurried out. Lucian not only shut the door, he also put down Carly long enough for them to drag some hay bales in front of the door to block it with all the movement around. Carly dropped not just her purse that she had hooked on her shoulder, but the little white box she'd been carrying. Oh, he said when she saw him. You know, Jerry asked me to give it to you. Talk about a big-ass step back in the good mood department. Lucian didn't want to know what was inside, but he doubted it was going to make him feel as good as one of Abe's peanut butter sandwiches. Still, he didn't have a choice. About seeing the contents of the box open during the fall when he spotted the radio buckle. Not the one he just won. 
This one was the grandfather, J.L., the one that Lucian had donated to the Historic Society. There's a note, Carly said. You want to read it? No, wait. Yes, the mood was gone. No trace of heart on now. So he might as well finish this to be so he could get back to Carl. Lucian scooped up both the buckle and the note, and he read aloud for Jerry to I bargained with Louis Bay and got this back for you. I gave them a bunch of your great granddaddy stuff and said, I know this doesn't make us even, not by a long chart, but it's just something I wanted to do. Have a good life, son. Hell no. Didn't make them even, but Lucian was glad to have the buckle back. Glad, too, that he felt just this little symbol of peace when it came to his shithead of a father. Curly came back to him, pulling her arm, pulling him into her arms like her kisses. It was hot and sweet as well. Because the gesture put his chest against her equally hot and sweet breasts. She kissed him, making things instantly better. You okay? She asked Lucian. Hadn't planned on clothing removal with her, not here anyway, but he had to get some things off his chest first, off his hip too. He moved the buckle on his back pocket when he encountered the microphone. That's still on shit. Clicked off the button, only to hear a loud collective groan from the crowd in the arena. Apparently, they'd all still been listening. Lucian didn't have time to hang on to the annoyance about that, though. Because Carly chuckled and pulled him down, pulled him back to her for a kiss. Man, oh man, she had to care for annoyance, doubt, and even hip gouges. That hot, sweet mouth of hers could possibly even make him forget that there were probably folks listening at the door. That's why this couldn't run, turn into sex, or maybe it could if she kept kissing him like that. But he had to say some things to her first. We should force his mouth from her since he needed the, that particular body part to talk. Carly occupied herself with his other body parts, though, by bumping herself against him. I see the light in you now, he said, keeping his voice in a whisper. I see a lot of things, and one of them was I really, I was really stupid to let you walk out of my bedroom this morning. I should have never let you go. There, it was all out in the open. Well, all but that one more thing. <sighs> and while it was important, it wasn't nearly as much of a big deal as I need you still, he said firmly. I love you. She smiled again. She studied him as if safer in this moment. That crash I mentioned earlier. Well, I was turned to love a couple of years ago. It's nice that you caught up. Yeah, it was, and that meant he had to make up for lost time. It's one of the reasons he slid his hand under her top. Mercy. She felt good. And he especially liked the little hitch sound of pleasure she made. But then she stopped. He glanced around. This is a glorified bard, and you don't like bard sex, remember? She pointed out. My views have changed a bit on that, too. A quickie here, then I could take you back to the ranch for something not so quick. Of course, when they walked out, everyone would know, but at the moment, Lucian cared more about getting in Carly's pants than he did that. Besides, even if they didn't have sex right now, folks would assume they had, and that he was bad if it, <laughs> at it if he had been too quick. Kissing her, Lucian lowered her onto the hay bales. They stacked a sort of second lock to his shirt. No one walked in on them, and then he finally got his hands in her pants, or rather her panties, but too quickly skimming off of her. You got out of the breeze when I walked into a room, huh? He was right now. I can't remember my own name. I know your name, was right. You're Lucian Granger, reigning rock, riding champion, and the person I love. You're also the man about to get down and dirty with me in this hay. <laughs> Curly was so right. That's exactly what Lucian was, and it was exactly what he did. The end. Ah, super. <laughs> Took a while, but it got to be good at the end. Alright, hope you enjoyed. Bye.